I'll get you to uh, have a look with me at the New Testament reading on item 5. Uh, we're going to be looking at that uh, over the next uh, few minutes. The Christmas story is a, is a familiar one for most of us, isn't it? But familiarity should not breed contempt. Because this story is not just a well-loved tale, it is a true story. And it's not just a true story, it is a story with great significance. Now, for it is a story that contains a message, the message of good news. And the message of the story is as relevant today as it was when it was first given. Earlier on in the story, Mary had been told by an angel that the baby she was carrying would be the king that Israel had been waiting for. He would be the descendant of, of King David, who was, was Israel's greatest king. The baby would be the king that God had promised would reign forever. A king whose kingdom would never come to an end. Now, one of the prophets had predicted that God's promised king would be born in Bethlehem. And we read that prophecy in our Old Testament reading earlier. But Mary and her fiancé, Joseph, lived in Nazareth. So in order for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem, the Roman Emperor Caesar Augustus organized a census and made everyone go back to their hometown to register. And since Joseph was descended from David, he had to go back to Bethlehem, the city of David, which is at least a, a three-day trip away, where the tradition of Balak Kampung for Christmas must have begun. It's wonderful, isn't it? How God is in control of history, and that even the Roman emperors do his bidding, so his promises are fulfilled. Now we pick up the story from verse 4, uh, sentence number 4 of Luke chapter 2. So, Nazareth, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the line of David house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, the son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. When Prince William was born, there was a crowd outside the hospital. And a TV uh, crewman who found out about it rushed out and shouted to the crowd, It's a boy! And the crowd exploded in cheers. And a passing motorist who turned to watch drove into the side of an ambulance. Moments later, a town, well, a town crier, decked in a white hat with feathers and red knickers, rang a big bronze bell and cried, Her Royal Highness, the Princess Diana, has issued forth a second son. It sounded official, but actually he had been hired by a Japanese TV company to enliven its coverage. Not many people knew about Jesus' birth. Jerusalem didn't celebrate. Just a few people were told, a handful let in on this big secret. And they weren't the big shots of the time. They were common people, normal, everyday people doing their work. Verses 8 to 12. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Bet you'd be pretty scared if that happened to you, wouldn't it? And the angel gave them a message. A message that, that good news, that message I spoke about earlier. 
Verse 10. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. A Savior is someone who saves. So the angel is saying to the shepherds, someone has been born who will save you. That too is a fulfillment of prophecy. Because down through the ages, God had been promising that he would send someone to, to save his people, to rescue them from their biggest problem. What do you think your biggest problem is? Is it a relationship? Things not going so well with a friend or a member of the family? Is it a problem at work? Recession's really biting. Boss is a particularly difficult person. Maybe your biggest problem is with your health. An illness. It's not going to go away. Friends, none of these things are our biggest problem. They may be big and stressful and unsolvable, but, but in the end they're temporary. In a hundred years' time, I guarantee you, they won't be a problem anymore. But there is a problem that will be a problem in a hundred years, in a thousand years, in a million years if it is not solved now. And that is the problem of sin. Sin means not treating God properly. It means not loving Him and trusting Him and obeying Him the way we should. It means we fail to honor God with the honor that He deserves. It means we offend God. It didn't used to be like this. God didn't make the human race like this. But long ago our ancestors chose to rebel against God. And... All of us have been born into that rebellion. And all of us perpetuate it. We make ourselves God's enemies. And unless God did something to solve that problem, we would be his enemies forever. And we would spend forever away from God under his punishment. Which is unthinkably awful. That was our biggest problem and for some of us here, that might still be our problem today. So listen again to the message of the angel. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all these people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born for you. Someone has come who will solve your problem. God has sent an answer. To the terrible problem of sin. That is good news, isn't it? No wonder Christmas is worth celebrating. God has sent a Savior. And the Savior is also God's promised King. The angel continues his message. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ. It's not Christ actually. It's Christ the Lord. The word Christ means anointed one. It refers to God's promised king. The baby would be the king of God's people who would rule them and lead them. In fact, he would be the Lord, which is a term that is used even for God himself. Because this baby would be the one that everyone in the world must worship. He would be the master of the nations. He would be the king of everyone. He would save God's people from their sins and he would be their king. Now, if you're one of the shepherds, 
you'd want to make sure you got the right baby, wouldn't you? You wouldn't want to put your hopes on someone who, who couldn't actually save. Or someone who couldn't actually lead your world. So when the angel told the shepherds about the baby, he gave them a sign uh, to make sure that they'd know they'd got the right one. And it was the most surprising of signs. Verse 12. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths. That's not so surprising. And lying in a manger. Now, a manger is not that romantic thing you see in the front of Christmas cards. A manger is just a feeding trough for animals. It's a place where you put the animal food in for them to eat. So look for a baby where you'd least expect a royal birth. In an animal food ditch. That's a surprise. But if the shepherds were surprised by the message and and shocked from seeing the single angel, they were about to get an even bigger shock. Verse 13. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Uh, We we, uh, tend to think about choirs of angels singing at this point. Uh, It doesn't say actually if they were singing or not. It doesn't matter. What they were doing is, is that they were praising God. They were saying good things about Him. They were declaring what God was going to accomplish through, through, through the birth of this baby. And He would bring glory to God and peace to people. Glory to God and peace to people. Remember how the problem of sin made us God's enemies? Well, this baby was going to change that. He came to glorify God by rescuing us and make us God's friends. By bringing peace between us and God. And he did that in a most astounding way. Yet the only way possible. Because if he thought that the king being born in a ma- and laid in a manger, he thought his birth was in a surprising way, it's even more astonishing the way he died. Well, he died on a cross. That was an instrument of torture and execution. But when he suffered there, he suffered to bear our sins on himself. He died in our place. He, he took the sentence from God that we deserve for our rebellion. He accepted God's punishment on our behalf for us. He paid the price for our forgiveness. And so now we can be forgiven without compromising God's justice against sin. And then, after that, he rose again, so that all who belong to him can have a new life as well. So that we can have a fresh start, and a wonderful relationship with God that will last forever. And this glorifies God, because it shows the loving, merciful, holy, just, and wise God that he is. Jesus came to die and rise again, to glorify God and to bring peace between us humans and Him. But not everyone gets the benefit of Jesus' death. Look look, look carefully at what the angel said in verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to men on whom His favor rests. See, God's favor rests on those who belong to Him. Those who realize that they are sinners and can't solve this problem for themselves. Who know that being more and more moral or more and more religious isn't going to save them. 
but who turn to Jesus as their rightful king and trust in him as the only means possible to put them right with God through his death. They are the ones who are forgiven. They are the ones on whom God's favor rests. They are the ones who have peace with God. They are the ones of whom he is the savior. After the shepherds heard the angel's message, they, they went to see Jesus for himself. In verse 15 and 16. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that happened, which the Lord has told us about. And you know, that might be what some of us need to do. We've heard the Christian message from others before, but we need to see it for ourselves before we're sure. And, and if that's you, then... Why not do that? Get a copy of the Bible or at least one of the biographies of Jesus and read it for yourself. A bit later on I'm going to talk to you about a course that we offer uh, that can help you do that. But whether or not you come for the course, have a read. We've got some free copies of the Gospels on the welcome desk over there. Uh, I'm sure people who are sitting there will be happy to pass them to you afterwards. See for yourself. Anyway, the shepherds quickly went to Bethlehem. And when they got there, they discovered it was just as the angel said. In verse 16, they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. But you know, a baby in a feeding trough couldn't really have looked like the king of heaven and earth. He didn't have a big shiny dish behind his head, you know, like in the pictures, the hellos in the pictures. It would have taken faith for the shepherds to believe that this was the saviour, God's promised king. It wouldn't have been unreasonable faith. Faith's not meant to be unreasonable. I mean, after all, we've got many Old Testament prophecies that had pointed forward to him, and they had the testimony of the angels, which must have been pretty impressive. But when all was said and done, they needed to hear God's message, received by faith, to make sense, and to see Jesus for who he really is. It was only the good news of the angels that enabled them to see beyond the baby in a manger to the king who would save them couldn't have worked it out by simply looking at the baby. And friends, this Christmas we've, we've also received the Christmas message. We've heard the good news of the Savior. But when we look at Jesus, we could only see a baby in a feeding trough. And then a man who ended up on a cross. A loser in birth and death. Or like the shepherds, we could listen to the good news. We could recognize him as the king of the universe. The one who died for us and rose again so we could be completely forgiven and enjoy a relationship with God forever. How will you recognize Jesus this Christmas? Will you trust him to rescue you from sin and to be your king? To you, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born. He is Christ the Lord.